Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. But before we get started with today's program, you can learn more about us, our free events, how to donate, the podcast, and much more when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael in the last part of his introduction of the book of 1 Corinthians and how we're all graciously called into fellowship. Every church that is legit is a church of God. It's not a man-made organization. The church is not a man-made organization. The church is the church of God. The one who establishes the church is God. And Jesus, who is God, is head over the church. When you come to this place on a Sunday morning or anywhere else where the Lord Jesus Christ is lifted up, where God's word is central, you will find a church that's legit and you will find a church that's been established by God. It's the church of God. That's what makes it important and powerful. The church is the pillar and support of the truth, 1 Timothy 3.15. At the center of the church is Jesus and the gospel, which we'll see in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 and 4. It's to everyone who has been, look, in every place, middle of the verse, saints by calling, who with all who in every place call upon, that means to invoke the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. You are saints by calling. God calls. Look at the graphic here. God calls to us, but then we must call to him. God gives us the message of the gospel. He calls typically through an individual, right? Through a preacher, through an evangelist. Maybe you picked up your Bible in a hotel room or something like that. And the word of God comes to you and God calls through the gospel. And then the response that we have is to call upon the name of the Lord. For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be what? They'll be saved. You must call. He calls you, and then you must invoke the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice it's the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice he's Lord. He is master. He is sovereign. He's the one we call to, not any old God, not some God or goddess in the Greek pantheon will do. To call upon the name of the Lord, says one writer, is not to invoke some shadowy unknown deity, but to commit oneself in trust to the one whose nature and character have been disclosed as worthy of trust. You are God's church at Corona. God is the founder of the church. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I'll build my church. It's my church. I have to remember that. It's not my church. Sometimes I meet people and they'll talk to me in the community. Is that your church over there? (laughs) One time a little girl in the church some years ago said, Pastor Michael, are you the king of this church? (laughs) And I said, can you go get me a maple bar and bring me the remote control? I like you, little girl. (laughs) I said, no, I'm not the king of this church. Jesus is the king. She went, oh, okay. But I was tempted just for a moment to see what I could get with that title. King of the church. (laughs) That's a joke, by the way. The church, ecclesia in Greek, is the called out ones, 
called out of the world and called to Christ, called out of darkness to light, called out of the world system to Jesus, called out of the dominion of Satan to God. That's what's happened to me and I hope to you. I've been called out of the mess of my sin and called to the one who is my Savior and my Lord. Amen? He is good, good to love someone like me when I was in my mess. It's with all who in every place call upon the name of the Lord. He's their Lord and ours. He's awesome. He's good. He sets us apart. He sanctifies us. Look at the word sanctified in verse 2. Sanctified in Christ Jesus. That's a word that means to be set apart. We are to be a holy community that have been set apart to serve God's purpose, not ours. To be sanctified, to become holy, is to be set apart for God's purpose, not yours. That's a tough one to overcome, whether you live in Corinth or Corona. Because it's drilled into our souls, really from the time we're little in this world, that we got to get our purpose done. No, 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 no. To be set apart unto God means that you want to get his will done. Some years ago, a young boy whose father was a pastor was put in jail for stealing some merchandise from a department store. His father happened to be playing golf with some of the church leaders at the time and received a call while on the golf course to come down to the jail to get his son out. Thinking it was a mistake, the pastor took the other men with him to the police station where embarrassment abounded. The deepest impression of the incident left on the boy's mind was made by the repeated reminders he received from those men that day and from many others afterward about who his father was. Having a father like yours, they said, how could you do what you have done? As humiliating and painful as that experience was, the boy knew that he was still his father's son. He had not acted like the son of his father, should have acted but he was still a son. As Christians, one of the strongest rebukes we can have when we sin is to be reminded who our Father is. To reminded, be reminded that we were set apart for His sovereign purposes. That He loved us and He wants to change us and He doesn't stop loving us when we fall on our face, but He wants to use us. Paul says, grace and peace, <clears throat> verse 3, from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always concerning you. You have to wonder why Paul did that because these, uh, these particular believers were often a pain to him, but he thanked God for them always. For the grace of God which was given you in Christ Jesus. See grace and peace there? Those have been called the Siamese twins of the New Testament, but they celebrate God's comprehensive work in the life of the believer. Grace is the source of the Christian life and peace, says Edwards, is its consummation. The grace of God has flooded my life, and as a result of that, I have peace with God. Jesus Christ himself is my peace. Whatever you're going through right now, Jesus Christ is my peace. His grace opened the door to a beautiful shalom peace with my maker now. I'm not fighting him anymore. Some days it feels that way, right? But I'm in communion with my maker and Paul says, I give thanks to God, despite everything he's going to say to this church for who you've become in Jesus, that in everything you were enriched in him. In all speech, the word is logos there in Greek, and all knowledge, the word is gnosis. 
Later in the book, we will find that the Corinthian church had many gifts. They had the gift of tongues in the congregation, but they had elevated that gift to an unhealthy place. Paul would say, if I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I become a sounding gong or a clanging cymbal. I've become useless if I have spiritual gifts, but I don't use them for the purpose of love and building others up. You can have insight into spiritual uh, knowledge. You can know all mysteries and all knowledge. We'll see that in 1 Corinthians 13, but you must have love. You've been enriched in every way. Can I park here for a second, Christian? How many ways in your life have you been enriched by your union with Jesus Christ? Just count the ways. Think about your spiritual gifts. Think about your life. Think about your relationships. Think about lives that you've been able to impact. Think about the fact that you're headed to heaven. Think about your daily communion with the Lord Jesus. You've been enriched in every way, haven't you? He became poor that you, 2 Corinthians 8 9, might become rich. And you and I have been enriched. I, I've been enriched in so many ways. I think if I started a sheet of paper, I'd be there for days. The ways that the Lord has touched my life and enriched me in speech and knowledge. I think the primary target here is spiritual gifts, but it goes well beyond that. Even as the testimony or witness or evidence concerning Christ was confirmed in you. This is a legal term that guarantees and settles a transaction. You could say, my salvation in Christ is settled. I am signed, sealed, delivered. I'm yours. Yeah. I had to get a song in there at some point. So that you, Corinthians, are not lacking in any gift. You don't fall short in any grace gift awaiting eagerly the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because when the perfect comes, that which is in part will be done away with. At one point, tongues will pass away. The, these gifts of prophecy and knowledge will cease because then we will be with him. How? Face to face. Now I know in part, I prophesy in part, but when that time comes, man, I will know even as I am known. And Paul's saying, look, Corinthians, even though you've got the gifts, make sure you look forward to the return of the giver because he's coming. And when he comes, we'll put aside all these gifts. I know you're gifted in these things, but we're going to put them aside because we're going to be in his very presence. And this one who loves you, the Lord Jesus Christ, who's coming again, his second coming is going to happen. He will confirm you to the end. He who began a good work in you will complete it till the day of Christ. That's the second coming. That's the day of the Lord. That's when he rescues and pours his wrath on an unbelieving world. He will not give up on you. If he won't give up on the Corinthian church, he won't give up on the Coronians either. Are you grateful? Because there's days when I want to give up on myself. Anybody? There's days I look in the mirror. There's days when I go, Lord, how long is this going to be a struggle? Can you really love me with the way sometimes I carry on or I think? He will confirm you. Mark it in your Bible to the end. How blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. You can now listen to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance wherever you go and whenever you want. That's because Walk in Truth can now be heard on your favorite podcast app. Apps like iPodcast, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and much more. Simply open up your favorite podcast app and search Walk in Truth. Make sure you subscribe so you'll know when a new show is available. Thanks for listening and partnering with Walk in Truth. Now back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. There's days I look in the mirror. There's days when I go, Lord, how long is this going to be a struggle? Can you really love me with the way sometimes I carry on or I think? He will confirm you. Mark it in your Bible to the end. How blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. When he comes, some of you have been concerned, and it's a legitimate concern for anybody. We don't want to be ashamed at his coming. But if you are in Christ Jesus on that day, you will be blameless. Now, there's a lot of things that I could be blamed for over the years, even though I've tried to wiggle out of a lot of them, right? Especially when you're small. Did you do that? Nope, he did it. She did it. Somebody else did it. It's not mine. (laughs) Right? And we try to shift blame. We're blame shifters all the way back to the book of Genesis. The woman you gave me. It's your fault, God. Right? We even blame God. But on the day when the Lord Jesus Christ comes with probably millions of angels to light up a darkened sky, when he looks at you, if you're in Christ, you will be Get this, blameless. What? Huh? How could I be blameless? There's lots of things that I could be blamed for legitimately. Colossians 1.22 says, He has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in His sight without blemish and free from blame, free from accusation. You say, how could that be? Because Jesus Christ took the blame for you. He was treated as though he were a criminal, though he was completely innocent. He was treated on the cross as though he had sinned my sins, though he had never sinned. Why would he do that? Why would he go to that cross and be blamed? How many of you could say, there's been a time in my life when it wasn't my fault and I took the blame? I stood in front of somebody and I said, it's my fault. If I would have done this different. Most of the time, we're trying to get out of stuff, right? It's somebody else's fault. But Jesus stepped up and said, Father, I'm going to take the fault. I'm going to take the blame, though innocent. I'm going to stand in their stead. You might be thinking as we wrap up, well, how could this be? How can I know for sure that on that day I'll be blameless? Because, look at verse 9, because God is faithful. Faithful is God, you could render it, through whom you were called into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Because God is faithful. That's how you can know. Now, we're going to have a time of communion, and we're going to remember how faithful God is. 
When we come to the table and we take a piece of matzah, we're going to remember the pierced body of Jesus. He was pierced for my transgressions. He was wounded for my iniquity. When we take the cup, we're going to remember the precious blood of Jesus Christ as a lamb without spot, without blemish, that was shed for me that I could be blameless before my Father. We're going to remember fellowship. We were called into fellowship. That means into union and communion with our God. And before these elements go out to us, I just want to make sure that you know him. That he is your Lord and Savior. That when he called, you called back. Of all that we could wrestle with about how salvation works, what theologians call the study of soteriology, how much is God, how much is man, you have a part to play. And however, I I believe it's a small part of the pie that God does most of the work, but I think God does ask you to do something, and it's this simple. He asks you to repent of your sin and to call upon the name of the Lord, and you will be saved. You have to have a moment, I have to have a moment, where I call back. He calls, i got to answer. With caller ID, we can see who's calling now. How many of you have landlines and nobody that you know ever calls you on your landline? Have you ever looked at your spouse and just said, why do we have a landline? (laughs) Because all we do is ignore that phone. People call. We say, ah, that's nobody we want to talk to. And sometimes when people call on your cell phone, it's somebody that you know and love and you still don't want to talk to them. And that's a whole other issue. We have counseling set up for that. When God calls, here's what he says. I want you to answer. I want you to pick up the phone. And for some of you, he's been calling you for years. And you've been hitting the silent button. You've been ignoring the phone call. You've been saying, I'll get that later. I'll talk to him later. Because the implications have been too much for you because maybe it's too much to face. If I pick up the phone, he might say some hard things to me. But you know what? The first thing he's going to say to you is, I love you. That's why I'm calling you. If I didn't want you to be with me for all eternity, I wouldn't have bothered. I wouldn't have come down and died on that cross for you. But I love you. And I love you just the way you are right now. And I'm not going to leave you that way (laughs) because I'm good. But I'm going to be more patient than probably anybody that you know. Oh, there's no doubt. And I'm going to wait. And I'm going to change you little by little. But you got to pick up the phone. And just say, Lord, since you're calling, I invite you in. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my friend. Would you bow? If you haven't met Jesus, just simply cry out to him. Just something like this. Lord, Thank you for calling me. Prayed if it's you. I'm not sure I know you yet, but I want to know you. I've come into this place today maybe a little confused and maybe a little tired. But I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to take my blame and my punishment at that cross, to take your righteous justice. Thank you that you put your love on display at that cross. Thank you that Jesus took the blame for me. Thank you that you love me that much. Give me a new beginning in Christ. I I turn from my sin and I trust in him for my salvation. I, I repent of 
any idolatry in my life, any things that I've elevated above you, and I, I want to put you first. Thank you for calling me. Change me from the inside out. Lord, for the sweet saints here at Corona, the Church of God at Corona, I thank you so much for them. I thank you for the partnership we have in the gospel, the light that this church is to this community and beyond. May you bless them as they come to your table. May you encourage them. May you refresh them. May you renew their faith. May you touch areas of their life where they need strength today. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You're listening to Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance. And that was the last part of his introduction of the book of 1 Corinthians and how we're all graciously called into fellowship. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a bit, but just so you know, we really appreciate your support as a listener. Would you be willing to help us spread the word about our program? Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. When we post something, please share or comment on those posts. Look, social media is used today for some terrible things, but we want to equip people there with good news of Jesus instead. So please follow us at Walk in Truth Show. That's at Walk in Truth Show. And thanks for doing that. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, we have a question before us, and it's this. What do you say to someone who says, my faith is private. I don't need to go to church or connect with other believers. I remember a couple years back, uh, I was with a friend. We were in the gym. We were actually sitting in the jacuzzi talking to a gentleman. And he, I began to ask him questions about his faith. He had a cross on, and he was sitting in his jacuzzi. So I thought, well, it's an opportunity. And this guy responded, I don't talk about religion. I don't talk about politics. And I don't talk about sports. And he said it with some, uh, some <laughs> emphasis, let's put it that way, <laughs> trying to shut the door. And I jokingly responded, man, if I didn't talk about those three subjects, I don't think I'd say another word my whole life. I mean, that's what I spend most of my life talking about. (laughs) Of course, there's a few other things, but you get my drift. You know, a lot of people will respond, well, my faith is private. And actually, the truth of the matter is that Jesus said, tell people wherever you go. Your faith's not supposed to be private. It's supposed to be public. Now, of course, we find the right spaces and the appropriate times, and we know when to be quiet and when to step out in faith and we keep in mind all of those things about wisdom and how we share and when we share and what we share. But I think that's frankly a cop-out. I think it's a deflector shield to be quite candid. And uh, your faith is to be shared with a body of believers. How can you use your spiritual gifts unless you're connected to a body? Where do you give? Where do you invite people to come and hear the gospel? Um, You know, how are you serving other believers and following the one another commands, 59 of them in the New Testament, love one another, serve one another, encourage one another. How can you do that if you're not connected to believers? Now, I do want to say that I know we have some shut-ins listening and you can't really get out. And so this doesn't really apply to you. But if you're an able-bodied person who can get into fellowship, you know, you've been graciously called into fellowship by God, But fellowship with other believers is a key component of your walk. Corporate worship and stirring one another to love and good deeds is all part of the way God designed the church. And in fact, think about it. If the body parts were made to come together to uh, be effective and be at peak performance and glorify the head, if you're an eye or a foot and you're independent of the body, 
well, that's just weird and it's just not going to work, right? You need to be connected to the body. Now, some of you, you know, you may have been hurt in the past or, you know, maybe you had a bad experience. Certainly all understandable. But I want to encourage you to get back into fellowship. And if you're anywhere near the Inland Empire, this is a great opportunity to come and check out the church that the ministry that you've been listening to that flows out of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. You can find out information and directions to the fellowship when you download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app in your app store today. We'd love to meet you and have you here and have you plug in to this church. God bless you. Well, hey, I want to invite you to our very special Harvest Fest happening on Halloween evening. We do a Halloween alternative. It's a great time for all. It's a very safe place to come. There'll be games for the kids, bounce houses, plenty of candy. We're going to have food. We're going to have hamburgers and hot dogs. We're going to have pie and just a great opportunity to hear music, to experience an evening with family, friends, fellowship. Just a great evening. It's Harvest Fest at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona, happening on October the 31st. Come on out for the evening. We'd love to have you. love to meet you and your family. I'll be here, and I'd love to meet you. And you can find out all the information and directions when you go to walkintruth.com or download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app in your app store. You can find out information and directions. Make your plans today to join us for Harvest Fest on the 31st. We'll see you here. Tune in tomorrow to hear Pastor Michael's sermon in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 about how we can mend the division within the church. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. It's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.